Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Today I'm going to be making somewhat of a departure from the usual format for this program, in that I'm not going to be referencing any national stories from the United States of America or international stories from around the world. Instead, I'm going to be focusing on one thing in particular, and that is who is the most dangerous man in the world. Now, for those who will rush to judgment and say that I should not be confining it to a man, let me just assure you that I recognize the dangerousness, the villainy, the wickedness of many women who have sought power politically and so forth. But I'm going to confine this to men for a very simple reason. And that is that the most dangerous man in the world, that's determined by the Bible. That the most dangerous person in the world is, in fact, a man. Whether that person is even on the face of the earth at this time is debatable. However, one of two things is certain. Either that man is on the face of the earth, or he will arrive of full age, (laughs) which that is a rarity, shall we say, in human history. That has happened once before, and that was the first man. But Before talking about the most dangerous man in the world and those who will be immediately beneath him, I'm going to reference those who are not the most dangerous man in the world. And prior to that, I'm going to go back in time and speak about some extremely dangerous men in the modern era, in the 20th century. Oh, that was a century ago. That was so last century, wasn't it? But back to the likes of Karl Marx, Lenin, Stalin, Mao Zedong, Hirohito, and to a lesser extent, a much, much, much lesser extent, Benito Mussolini. What do these particular people, along with Hitler and his highest and mightiest in his Third Reich, his failed Third Reich. What do they have in common? You know, other than the fact that they are destroyers, that they were great destroyers, what do they have in common, really? Well, with the exception, you would undoubtedly say, of Hitler and his top brass, and Mussolini, and Hirohito, you would recognize them as being socialists. Socialist, Marxist, communist. But as I've mentioned time and again, the Nazi Third Reich, the Nazi Party, 
Adolf Hitler and his top brass, they were socialists. Does that mean that they were buddies with the Communist Party in Germany? No. No, Hitler viewed them as competition. And as he dealt with others whom he viewed as competition, such as the brown shirts, whom he used and then he dispensed with. He destroyed them. Slaughtered the communists in Germany because he viewed them as competition, understandably, and he saw they posed a threat. But all of these leaders, Mussolini, fascist, but that is socialist. Fascism is socialist at the core. Going back to Karl Marx and then forward from him, the Nazi Party, the National Democrat Socialist Party, or if you prefer, the National Socialist Democrat Party. Socialist, Mussolini, fascist, but fascism is socialist. They were all socialists. Socialism at the core, at the root, at the foundation is based on, founded on, rebellion against God, warring against God. It is engaged in, it is dedicated to war against God. As is true of everything, every ideology, or ideology if you prefer, every philosophy, every religion that is founded by Satan is founded with the same mission. And that is to overthrow the kingdom of God, the promises of God, the prophecies of God, by overthrowing the people of God. That's it in a nutshell, (laughs) as far as what they're about. Socialism, everywhere it has risen, has been represented By mass slaughter. I know you're going to say, what about France? What about modern Germany? What about Britain, the UK, Canada, Australia, and so forth? Scandinavia. Italy. What about them? What about Israel, which is socialist? At the core. The distinction, the difference is very simple, very plain. And that is socialism does not enjoy a monopoly in any of these places. But socialism took over in Russia. In China, mainland China, in Germany, in Italy. Now you can say, what about Japan? That wasn't socialist. That was just totalitarian, authoritarian dictatorship. But it was joined at the hip with fascism in Germany, with fascism in Italy. And while it is not viewed as being fascist, it constituted a fascist dictatorship with its worship of the sun god there, Hirohito, a man. But 
all of these great destroyers of the 20th century failed. But the amount of human suffering, the slaughter that they committed and that they caused, that they initiated and that they brought about, that resulted from their bloodlust, power lust, their attempts to establish world rulership. In the case of Mussolini, his grand designs to reinstitute, reconstitute the Roman Empire. The result of all of this was monstrous, massive bloodshed and destruction and death. But that's in the past, right? That is past tense. Just as World War I was the Great War, that was the war to end all wars, which in such a short span of time was eclipsed by World War II. Any who imagine that world war is behind us, it's past, it's a thing of the past, it's not coming again, they are dreaming. This notion was greatly promoted, greatly promoted, greatly espoused throughout the 1980s, 90s, the 2000s. And the narrative was that the United States of America was the sole world superpower. And that there was no competition. That the former Soviet Union, which fell at the very end of the 1980s, that was relegated to the ash heap of history, that the military that remained in Russia and in the former slave satellite states, that it was rusty and decrepit and broken down and weak and so forth, could not possibly stand up to the might of the United States of America. And communist China, yes, it was powerful in its sphere, but again, it couldn't begin to compete with the overwhelming shock and awe military might of the United States of America. That's the narrative. And it still prevails to this day. But it is a narrative that has been created, fashioned, and which is a lie at the root. But presidents, past presidents in the United States of America of a certain ilk, Democrats overwhelmingly, particularly beginning with James Earl Carter Jr., Jimmy Trust Me Carter, a military man, graduate of Annapolis, and who was scaling the heights in the Navy by playing politics, attaching himself to the head of the nuclear submarine fleet as his second, as it were. But then he left. He left to begin his political career under the guise of being a peanut farmer, just a good old boy. But he was followed after Ronald Reagan by Bubba, 
Bill Clinton, Bill and Hill, William Jefferson Clinton, and Hillary Rodham Clinton, his co-president, and Albert Arnold Gore Jr. to give him his due. Then they were followed by the Bushes as, <laughs> as we saw Bill Clinton and Hillary, of course, followed The Papa, number 41. And then they were followed by number 43, who was very involved with the administration of number 41. But then it was the turn for Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden, current presumptive Democrat nominee for president in 2020. But under all of these presidencies, The focus was on disarming the United States of America, eliminating nuclear stockpiles and nuclear capabilities, and transforming all of the military to a smaller, lighter, swifter response military to deal with not major superpowers. No, that was a thing of the past. No more need to fear that, be concerned about that, prepare for that. No, instead the focus was on dealing with rogue regimes, little rogue regimes, like North Korea, Iran, Iraq, and so forth. And addressing, of course, terrorism which, of course, is never referred to as Islamist terrorism because, no, no, we can't, we can't say that it's that. Instead, we say it's a perversion of Islam. Right? A perversion of it. That's the only way perversion is used in our language anymore for all intents and purposes. But, The day is coming, very soon approaching, swiftly, in which the battle will not be against little rogue regimes, nor terrorist cells, Islamist ones. Mussolini, what a crackpot, what a dreamer. You know, I mean, he had dreams of grandeur. Reinstituting the Roman Empire. How ridiculous can you get? What a pipe dream. Well, it just so happens that the idea, the notion was not ridiculous. The timing was. Benito was a weak leader. A thug. And a weak leader. And his military was weak. Yes, they could beat up on Ethiopia, which did not have weapons or training with which to compete. But just a bully in a sandbox. But this idea, this notion of reinstituting, reconstituting, raising up the Roman Empire is in point of fact referred to time and again in the greatest historical authoritative work that there is, the Holy Bible. The last regime, the one that shall succeed in doing what none of these could do, what all of these failed to do, what all of the socialist regimes failed to do, what the Soviet Union, communist China, Nazi Third Reich, Imperialist Japan, 
fascist Italy, and so forth. What they all have failed to accomplish. Even though they have slaughtered so very, very many millions. You know, the figures are really rough approximations. Really rough. (laughs) But what is very plain is that communist China, the communist Chinese regime, succeeded in slaughtering more tens of millions than any regime that has been on this earth. What about the Soviet Union? They slaughtered less. Joseph Stalin and his monstrous regime slaughtered significantly less than communist China. Shockingly enough. What about Adolf Hitler in the Third Reich? Succeeded in slaughtering significantly less than Joseph Stalin in the Soviet Union. These were all very, very dangerous people. But Mao Zedong and his loving wife, they succeeded in slaughtering more than Joseph Stalin's regime in the Soviet Union and Adolf Hitler's regime, the Nazi Third Reich. But the regime that is coming is going to make all of these pale by comparison. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You know, what kind of kooky idea is that? I mean, that's ridiculous. Oh, so you're basing it on the Bible. And the Bible we know is passe and archaic and all of that. Well, if someone were to put a question out there on the Internet, who is the most dangerous man in the world? Whom do you imagine would be named? You know, who would be the top vote recipients? Well, if you were polling... Hollywood, it would undoubtedly be Donald Trump Sr. Undoubtedly. Other top candidates around the world, whom would they include? Again, it would depend on who was responding to the question. If the question were asked of Ice Cube, rapper, actor, it would be white men in general, right? Just just all of them. Certainly white policemen. What about black policemen, too? They certainly could be viewed in the same light as Joe Biden referred to, you know, Blacks who hadn't decided whom to vote for. But it would depend whom you asked around the world. If you were to ask in the Middle East, you were to ask the Islamists, it would variously be Benjamin Netanyahu and any and all other Israeli leaders, would-be leaders that would not capitulate capitulate to Islam that would not cripple Israel's ability to protect itself, defend itself from annihilation and so forth. But I haven't been online today. I don't know, you know, if there is some story out there in the weeds that will give idea of identity of who this coming despot is. But I'll go out on a limb here based on what I have seen here before and again repeat that he is not on the world stage at this time. 
He may be back in the weeds, waiting to make a grand entrance. But before his grand entrance, which he has not made yet, there will be the rise of ten who are described as being kings. Now, I know kings could be viewed as being leaders, you know, political aspirants and so forth. However, they are described as having crowns. So I am going to state that I do believe that they shall, in fact, be seen as being kings, monarchs. And they are not on the world stage yet unless something happened today. It's possible. Again, I haven't been online since last night, so it is or last evening, whenever it was, yesterday afternoon, so it is possible that there has been some great news about This one or that one having risen to power. It's possible. But I know that as of yesterday, there had been no appearance of any of these ten kings. Before I continue, let me say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever is lacking, erring, deficient, that is on me. That is due to me. That is my fault. So, What is there to cause me to believe, even if this is going to transpire, what is there to indicate that the time is near? You know, there are great, learned theologians who will opine that all of these prophecies in the Bible, that they are long gone. They, you know... They pertained to long ago, millennia ago. They have no relevance to today. Well, they are either fools or they are liars or they are both. (laughs) But whether they are merely great, vain, arrogant, blind, ignorant fools, despite all of their learning, ignorant, if they are, as compared to being complicit conspirators, they are nonetheless mouthing the lies of the father of lies, Satan. But these prophecies are going to be fulfilled in the near term. How near? Well, by my estimation. You could say guesstimation. I take it to be within the next nine and one half years. Nine and one half years at the latest before the rise of these ten kings. Followed by, very quickly by, the greatest destroyer of all time, who will either variously subdue or destroy three of the ten. It just so happens that that destroyer is going to be either a descendant, a direct descendant, of one of the most, shall I say, successful rulers 
of the Grecian Empire slash Roman Empire, either a direct descendant or or something more akin to a clone. But far and away, there's no contest for who shall be the most dangerous man in the world. It will be that destroyer. But the way will be paved not merely by the successful leftist culture war in the United States of America and in all of the West, all of the free nations, so-called, all of former Christendom, but will be paved by the rise of these ten kings. And then immediately following their rise, the rise of this destroyer. That could happen most any time. Again, I view it as being in the next nine and one half years, but what is there to prevent that right now? Right now, the world is in varying stages of dealing with this global pandemic, COVID-19 pandemic. Dealing with it by despotically, tyrannically oppressing the people. Of course, it's well-intended tyranny. It's well-intended. It's necessitated. It's necessary. It's for the greater good. But. While this upcoming general election in the United States of America is going to be a very pivotal one here, looking at it in the near term and what have you, it's going to be a very clear choice with respect to many candidates. whether those candidates who state or who, in fact, stand for freedom, freedom from tyranny, freedom from despotic, tyrannical rule, whether they will prevail or whether the despots will. It's going to be a very clear delineation of that. But as important as that is, and it is, that's not to say that that will prevent, even if those for freedom prevail, it isn't to say that that will prevent or even delay the rise of the ten kings. But it is so ironic. You know, the great champions of freedom, you know, they are supposedly the extreme leftists, the socialists, the permissive champions of corruption and perversity. Oh, they're the pro-freedom people. No, they are the pro-despotic tyranny people as we have seen across the fruited plain of the United States of America, wherever the Democrats have control, there has been the greatest tyrannizing and despotism. But, again, while these despots succeeding in bringing absolute despotism to the United States, whether that happens or not, 
there is going to be this exceedingly effective, powerful, tyrannical rule that is going to rise worldwide. The reason for the importance here in the United States of America is just this, that the United States of America has served, and some condemn it as such, but as the world's policeman. The United States of America came to the aid, particularly in World War II. I don't think it should have gotten involved at all in World War I, but in World War II, came to the aid, to the rescue of Britain and France and peoples throughout Europe, throughout all of Europe. Unfortunately, help arrived tragically, horribly, inexcusably late at the death camps in Germany and Poland and Eastern Europe. But So what is it about these ten kings? What's so special about them? I don't know. (laughs) I'm not aware of there being anything special about them. Except that they shall virtually simultaneously rise. They are not in positions of power yet unless it has happened in the last 18 hours or so. (laughs) 24 hours or so, because when was I last online? I'd say 24 hours or more. But they're going to rise virtually simultaneously. And there is going to be this seismic shift, this seismic regime change. Where is this going to take place? Why does it need to take place? What about communist China? It is extremely powerful and extremely advanced technologically, specifically with regard to war applications. What about Russia? You know, old rusty junk heap military of the former Soviet Union. Russia. While it is lagging behind the United States of America, it still has made great strides. Russia, the Russian Federation of destroyer Vladimir Putin, has a nuclear stockpile greatly exceeding that of the United States of America. Communist China, its nuclear arsenal also exceeds that of the United States. Courtesy of Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden. Courtesy of Bill Clinton and Hillary Rodham Clinton. Courtesy of Jimmy Carter. But And all of those wonderful ones. The president for life, Xi Jinping of communist China, is a very dangerous man. The communist regime of communist China is very dangerous. Vladimir Putin, the de facto president, dictator for life in the Russian Federation, is a very dangerous dangerous, deadly dangerous man. And they have great military force between them in communist China and Russia. But the Grecian Roman Empire never reached Russia, did it? It barely took over any of Germany, just westernmost Germany. Forget the bulk of Germany and Poland 
and Eastern Europe, you know, beyond Romania and so forth. The former Soviet Union slave states, forget it, no presence, let alone in China. And in fact, it gave up, it relinquished, it failed to take over vast territory that had been under the control of the Grecian Empire of Alexander, the Empire of the Medes and Persians before him, the Empire of the Chaldeans, the Babylonians before them. But it did control a great deal of Europe, of Western Europe, Northwest Europe, and what have you, as well as South, West, Southern Europe, and so forth. So I suspect that these ten kings will be rising within areas that constituted the Roman Empire. However, it is possible some could rise within areas that were relinquished by the Roman Empire that had been prominent in the Grecian Empire and the empires before it. It is possible. That still excludes China. That still excludes Russia. It reaches to India, includes part of India. But but The most dangerous man. What is so special about him? Why is it that these ten kings should submit to him? And even though they all submit to him, he is sufficiently displeased with three of them to depose them, subdue them, do away with them. But the remaining kings, they all give their power and their kingdoms to this one. Why? Well, he exercises supernatural satanic power. Supernatural power comes from two sources only. Contrary to what Hollywood will have us believe, it is limited to God Almighty and Satan. And Satan's supernatural power is inferior to that of God Almighty, but it is more prominent during the reign of this terrible empire, worldwide regime that is coming. It will be much more prominent than that of God's power. What about sovereignty, sovereign nations, free nations? Well, The way has been paved in Europe with this European Union. You know, this (laughs) man-made monstrosity of the European Union. The way has already been paved for a regime to encompass all of Europe. And, of course, Britain, except Brexit, you know, poses a tiny speed bump to that. But what's this about the rise of kings? There are no monarch. There are no monarchies other than constitutional monarchies, right? Well, it depends where you look in the world. There are some dictators, some aristocrats, monarchs, kings, queens in the world. But for the most part, certainly in Europe and Britain, the monarchs are essentially toothless tigers. They are powerless. They are figureheads. They are celebrities. So even if there should be a change, for instance, in the royal family in England, in Britain, in the U.K., From Queen Elizabeth II to 
Prince Charles for a day to Prince William, Prince Andrew, whomever. Doesn't matter. What power do they have? Next to none. Oh, they have great riches and great celebrity. But what power do they have? And similarly, you find that to be the case from Scandinavia to Spain, throughout the Mediterranean, anywhere you look, that is the situation. Where there are vestiges of monarchy, they are without power. So, big deal if ten kings rise. Even if they are real kings, not just political leaders, so what? Just a bunch of, you know, (laughs) people play actors as kings. Really, for all intents and purposes, that's all they are. But that's not what's referenced in the Bible. Instead, it's the exact antithesis of that. These are men who receive great power and kingdoms Virtually simultaneously. The new class of kings has come in. Regime change. Which speaks of them receiving genuine, authentic, if you will, monarchical powers wherever they rise. Now again, is it possible that they're not actual kings. Is that possible? Possible. I'll say it's possible. But I just don't believe it's the case. Based on what is written, I believe they will actually be kings. But they will receive countries, nations, power, control over them. It will be provided to them, given to them. And it will be virtually simultaneously. Well, how could such a thing happen? Well, let's look at the pandemic crisis situation in the world. Where the overwhelming majority of people are willing to yield personal freedom, let alone sovereignty of nations, personal freedom for the greater good, you know, at the orders of the despots. The table is set, as I've said before. The table is set. Does that mean it has to happen this year? No. No. And then we have experts, you know, saying that the coronavirus You know, it may be here to stay permanently and so forth throughout the world. But there are plenty of other things to use as well. Other pandemics. Not just mutations, but other pandemics. Oh, yes, global climate change. You know, whatever they want to use, they can pile on. But at some point in time, the people of the countries of the nations are apparently going to turn to monarchs. Let's have a return to monarchy. And these monarchs will immediately, jointly delegate, you could say, but that's really not the right sense of the word, surrender submit their powers, their armies, their riches to one ruler who shall rise after them. He's going to have a short reign. But though it will be short, mere years, not decades, years, Though it will be brief, it will be the most terrible chapter in the history of the world, of humankind. 
Again, he will be a direct descendant of the most powerful leaders of the Roman Empire slash Grecian Empire. Or something more closely akin to a clone. Impossible. Ridiculous. Well, technology... Artificial intelligence, supercomputing, quantum computing has paved the way for the fulfillment of prophecies that are multiple millennia old. How could God know? God knows the end from the beginning. Oh, ridiculous. No, it's true. The creator God, whose brilliance, whose knowledge, whose wisdom surpasses all of the collective intelligence of this advanced, sophisticated world. And all of the technology, all of the technological achievements and breakthroughs which continue they will enable this one monstrous ruler, emperor, to rule the world, the entire world, and destroy it, and destroy all of the people of God. And there shall be supernatural evil power. And an image, you know, robotics, an image of that leader shall be created, fashioned, and all peoples who refuse to worship that and to receive the mark, the name, the number of that leader shall be slaughtered. Interesting times coming. And these things are going to happen in the near future. Coming attractions. It will be interesting to see who chooses to worship God under such circumstances. God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.